TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. This 15th of May, this hump day, brings you Scoop Podcast episode 229. I have conversations to get to with former Viking Mike Harris, former Viking starting offensive lineman Mike Harris, who recently tried to make a comeback. Unfortunately, it did not go well. He'll take us through that process and what he's up to currently. Plus, I'll catch up with Anthony Bemboom's parents. Anthony was a former star at Sauk Rapids Rice High School. He made his major league debut the other day for the Tampa Bay Rays at the age of 29. It took a long time for him to make the majors. It was a lengthy, lengthy process, a process that he almost gave up on. So we'll catch up with Deb and Greg Bemboom. I actually caught up with them for TV at the airport on Monday upon their arrival back in the Twin Cities from St. Petersburg. But I'll begin with a bevy of notes, starting with the Wolves. Let me first tell you that the Scoop podcast is brought to you by North Memorial Health. That's where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible, just like your family treats you. Find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Where to begin on the Wolves? So many different places we could begin. Let's begin with this so-called coaching search. I actually am led to believe Even after Glenn Taylor was on this podcast last episode, if you missed it, Glenn Taylor, the Wolves owner, was on episode 228, certainly talked openly about his love for Ryan, how he would like to see Ryan stick, but he is giving his new president of operations, Gerson Rosa, some leeway, some rope to make a decision. Will it be Ryan? Will it be somebody else? Names emerged earlier this week per ESPN and The Athletic. We have Darvin Ham. We have David Vanderpool. We've got Chris Finch. Hey, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me mention Chris Finch. I hear that Rosas is a huge fan of Finch, who is currently an assistant coach in New Orleans, worked with Rosas in Houston plus Juwan Howard of the Miami Heat, and obviously Ryan Saunders is very much in the mix. Him and Rosas have had multiple conversations already. I've been asked if Dave Yeager, Minnesota native, has been contacted. As of early Tuesday afternoon, the answer is no. I've been asked if former Gopher, former Wolves, assistant coach, former Wolves broadcaster J.B. Bickerstaff, former Rockets interim head coach, former Grizzlies head coach J.B. Bickerstaff, if he's been contacted. No by Rosas, no. Would he be maybe an intriguing name? The possibility of him joining, if it's Ryan Saunders, joining Ryan's staff? Yeah, I would say keep an eye on JB's name, although he is emerging in Cleveland. He is set to meet either today or tomorrow with John Beeline, the new Cavs coach, and Beeline has made it well known he needs some defensive help, and JB is an excellent defensive coach. So Bickerstaff being Beeline's assistant head coach running the Cavs defense makes all sorts of logical sense, but when talking about the Wolves needing somebody that can teach defense, JB would make some sense. Frank Vogel was definitely a name that would have been on the radar of Rosas if he didn't get the Lakers job, but unfortunately for the Wolves, Vogel is now the Lakers head coach. So where would I put my money? My money would still be on Ryan Saunders. Of all the names that have emerged, guess what? Only one has head coaching experience. That is Ryan Saunders. My own personal opinion, but also based on what Glenn Taylor said on this podcast a few days ago, Andrew Wiggins. Now, it's possible that Andrew, after five years, never comes close to hitting his ceiling. We just see glimpses. A game here, a game there. Think about Ryan's first game. The game in Oklahoma City, his first win when Wiggins went for 40-something, goes to the free throw line, what, 18 times? We've been wondering how come he can't do that, not on a regular basis. I mean, that's an absurd amount of times to get to the free throw line, but how about 
more than once a season. Get to the free throw line eight to ten times a game instead of two to four times a game. If anybody can unleash some of that potential, I would put my money on Ryan Saunders. Wiggins and Saunders have a long-standing relationship. Now, again, it's entirely possible that this is who Wiggins is, that after five years, he's not going to come close to hitting his so-called ceiling. But if he can, I think Ryan Saunders is the guy to get him to that point. It's nobody else. And, hey, if you're Rosas, you go through the process. And I do think because Finch is involved, I don't think he would lead on his guy Finch to not give him the job or give him a real opportunity to land the job. So I do think this is actually a real search, but I still would put my money maybe it's my stubbornness but I would still put my money on Ryan Saunders being the Wolves head coach Saunders is among the Wolves contingent in Chicago this week for the G League invite slash the NBA draft combine the Wolves will also interview up to 20 draft prospects that is the limit and the NBA assigns interviews so they figure, okay, the Wolves are picking 11th. Who is slid in that range? For example, R.J. Barrett will not be interviewing with the Wolves, or at least as of Tuesday afternoon, Barrett's been given a list of some teams to interview with. The Wolves were not on his list because presumably R.J. Barrett is not getting to pick 11. Now, if the Wolves later on in the process have a way that they can move up, if they lock in on Barrett, yeah, things could change, but that's just, it's not happening. The Wolves are not moving up to pick three, for example. I mean, heck, they'd have to give up Carl Anthony Towns to move up high enough to get a guy like that. That's just one hypothetical example. So we're looking at guys that are in that pick 11 range, and I don't have the full list. I don't have the full 20-player list of guys they are interviewing, but I can tell you for sure they are interviewing P.J. Washington of Kentucky. A reminder, he actually worked out for the Wolves last year, and he'll be at Mayo Clinic Square at some point in the next few weeks for a workout. We have Kevin Porter of USC. Romeo Langford of Indiana and Grant Williams of Tennessee. I've been asked a lot about Brandon Clark, Bowl Bowl, some others. Yeah, I do believe those guys will be interviewing with the Wolves over the next three days, but I just haven't confirmed those names as of the taping of this podcast. The names I have confirmed Washington, Porter, Langford, and Williams. The Wolves have had a few draft workouts at Mayo Clinic Square. Already, here are a number of the names. Now, the Wolves don't announce these draft workouts, so I don't have every single name that's been in town, but I have a lot of the names that have been in town. Here are the guys that I know that have worked out for the Wolves. Jordan Murphy of the Gophers, John Elmore of Marshall, Ethan Happ of Wisconsin, Jawan Morgan of Indiana, Chris Clemens of Campbell, an elite scorer. You have Mai Oni of Yale. I think he's a good second-round pick. He's a guy I'd like for the Wolves to look at with that second-round pick. Another guy that I'd be open-minded to in the second round, Daquan Jeffries of Tulsa. You have Luke May of North Carolina, Garrison Matthews of Lipscomb, Jarrell Brantley of Charleston, Javon Delorier of Duke. I don't know if I'm saying his first name right. Javon, Javon Delorier is the last name from Duke, and guard Jordan Geist of Missouri. So all those guys, plus Reeves, the kid from Penn State Reeves, has also been in town. So it's a lot of second-round type prospects or guys that won't get drafted. Guys like P.J. Washington, some others, may make it to Mayo Clinic Square in the coming weeks. Also, a lot of these guys are with an agent that works for a big agency. So these agencies have pro days. For example, Reed Travis. I'm keeping tabs on Reed Travis because he's a Minneapolis kid. De La Salle High School, Stanford into Kentucky. Somehow didn't get invited to the Combine. Just tells you how hard it is to get an invite to the Combine. Heck, Ethan Happ didn't get a Combine invite. Amir Coffey couldn't get a Combine invite after his performance at the G League invite. Jordan Murphy could not get an invite to the Combine. 
But anyway, the Wolves and other teams will get a look at Reed Travis and some others with Reed Travis's agency May 22nd in Phoenix. So a lot of these agencies have pro days. Brandon Clark is what Priority Sports out of Chicago. So Priority Sports has Admiral Schofield. They have Ethan Happ. They have Carson Edwards. They have Clark. They have some other guys. The Wolves will get a look at Clark and other Priority Sports clients at a pro day in Chicago before the month is over. So a lot of these agencies have pro days. A lot of them at the end of the month, the very end of the month, are either in Vegas or Los Angeles. So over the course of two weeks, end of May, pretty much May 22nd through like the first week of June, all these agencies have pro days. And the Wolves will have some sort of representation at all those pro days. I'm bouncing all around. Former Gopher Dupree McBrayer signed with an agent out of New York City, BJ Bass. Bass is having some NBA teams watch McBrayer, some of his other guys in a workout next week. There's also been a little bit of contact with the Wolves. Clearly, McBrayer is not a player that is going to get drafted. He'll have to fight his way, whether he wants to play in the G League or he can make some money overseas. Dupree McBrayer can make money playing basketball, but I think we all know that it will not come as a first or second round draft pick. Continuing the Gophers theme, since I've brought up the names Jordan Murphy and Amir Coffey, Murphy has also already worked out for the Memphis Grizzlies. He is training in New York City under the guidance of his agent, who is based in New York City. Amir Coffey did play pretty well at the G League invite earlier this week with every NBA team represented. Unfortunately, he was not one of the 10 guys to get an invite to the Combine, so he just missed the cut on that. I can tell you he's already worked out for the Clippers. I am told he had a good workout for the Clippers. The Warriors, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Rockets. I can also tell you he met with all these teams at the G League invite there in Chicago. New Orleans, Boston, Miami, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Denver, Cleveland, Atlanta, and Charlotte. Amir still has a couple weeks to decide. Will he come back to the U for his senior year, or will he keep his name in the draft? He is still in the decision-making process. Nothing is final at this point. I'm just saying do not be surprised if he is open-minded to keeping his name in the draft, even though getting drafted is a long shot because he could then sign a two-way contract after the draft, kickstart his pro career. On the Wolves' lottery unluckiness, I can tell you, okay, so it's the 12th time in 22 tries that they have moved down the other times they have maintained their position. So in all those times they've been in the lottery, they never have moved up. I mean, the percent chance of that happening is really, really low, like 1% or 2%. It is mind-boggling that the Wolves have never moved up on lottery night yet have moved down 12 times. I can tell you as the numbers, I don't want to get into all the minutia. I tweeted this on Tuesday night. I confused a bunch of people. Bottom line, I'll make it real simple for you. As the numbers started to come, the Wolves representative in the room where the numbers were being drawn, so not Rosas. Rosas represented the Wolves on TV. The results were already known by those in this room. So the Wolves had a team representative in the room watching the actual drawing. I can just tell you as the first couple numbers came up for these combinations, the Wolves thought they had a chance at the first pick. They also felt like they had a chance after the first couple numbers for the fourth pick. They knew right away, just based on the first number being drawn, they were not getting the second pick. 
they were not getting the third pick. But for just a tiny bit of time, there's 10 seconds between the numbers being drawn. There was one time there with the first pick and one time there with the fourth pick where the Wolves came close, depending on if the right number had popped up, that they could have moved up. Just unfortunately, it didn't work that way. The Lakers below the Wolves moved up, so the Wolves moved down one slot. They should have been picking 10th. They had a 65% chance to pick 10th. They end up moving down one slot to 11. Shifting to the Vikings, here is my intel on Kyle Rudolph. The two sides weren't in the same ballpark. They were not in the same stratosphere when it came to extension talk. So to suggest that the sides came even remotely close would be wrong. Does that mean the talks are completely off? Well, right now they are, but could they get revisited? Sure. Could they find a happy medium? I suppose it's possible. Never say never. Is it also possible that the Vikings at some point make a trade? Now, I don't think any team is willing to give up anything of even decent value without an extension in place. We've seen this happen before where a player gets traded and an extension is agreed upon right away. So that would be something to keep an eye on if we hear that the Kyle Rudolph side is negotiating with other teams. No real sense there's any real movement on that front at this point but something to keep an eye on. I also am told that the Vikings offensive staff, offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski in particular, wants to keep Kyle Rudolph. You also think about the pressure, the immense pressure on Mike Zimmer, on Rick Spielman. I mean, I don't want to say it's playoffs or bust. Let's see how the season plays out. Heck, if the quarterback goes down with a season-ending injury week two, all bets are off. But if they have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs and they don't, we do have to wonder what the Wilfs will do. Will Mike Zimmer be back in 2020? Will Rick Spielman be back in 2020? Those are interesting questions. So with so much pressure on so many individuals, do you really want to take a weapon away from the quarterback? And we can debate how good Kyle Rudolph still is to this day, but he can still produce, produce enough, and he can do some different things. He can coexist with Irv Smith Jr. Does it make logical sense to kick him to the curb. But I do think at some point the Vikings still need to create some cap space. And if you listen to this podcast, you know he was always the name to keep an eye on. Now, good for Eric Kendricks. It's not like Kendricks lost any money with his restructure, but good for him for agreeing to restructure his contract. Other guys could restructure as well, like a Linval Joseph, some other guys. But I'm just saying, still keep an eye on Kyle Rudolph. Just because Kendricks restructured his contract doesn't mean that we'll get some sort of finality, closure, something happening with Kyle Rudolph, whether it's a trade, a release, or a contract extension to keep him in purple beyond 2019. I'm just saying, keep an eye on the Rudolph situation. But in terms of late last week and even some talks earlier this week about an extension, I can just tell you, nothing is remotely close. I was among a few reporters at Mike Zimmer's charity golf event at Bear Path on Monday, his what is hopefully an annual golf tournament, to raise money for, well, he's hosting a camp for youth, underprivileged youth, deserving youth in a few weeks. That camp will be free for all those young men and women, plus his foundation, the Mike Zimmer Foundation, award two scholarships to two very deserving Twin Cities students, collegiate scholarships for two students that were very, very deserving. So Mike Zimmer had the first of what he hopes is many annual charity golf events on Monday. Kyle Rudolph was among Vikings players there. A credit to Kyle, he held court with a few of us answering question after question here is 
Kyle Rudolph on his contractual situation, his future with the Vikings. Football-wise, what's mm-hmm. your take on all the rumors that are swirling that you possibly could be traded or released or what have you? You know, I, I, I can't focus on that a whole lot. You know, I'm, I'm at voluntary workouts every day like I've always been. Um, you know, I'm not going to change my approach to um, this football team and what this organization means to me. Um, you know, my focus each and every day is just getting better as a player. Um, and when I'm better as a player, that'll help this team be better. That'll help this offense be better. Um, it's, it's very evident that if we want to get to where we want to be, um, we have to get better on the offensive side of the football. So um, as a leader of this offense, uh, as a guy that's been around here for a long time, um, you know, that's me getting better in, in my game individually. So uh, that's my focus right now. And uh, until I hear otherwise, that's all I can worry about. How do you feel about uh, the Irv Smith uh, selection in the draft? He's a good player. Uh, we got got to work together today for the first time, um, you know, and, and I had talked to Rick about it, and I'm completely on board with the philosophy of you have to take the best player, and he was the best player available at that time. Um, I think he can help our offense. Uh, the term mismatch gets thrown around a lot, and being in 11 personnel, having three wide receivers, um, you can be a pass-catching tight end, and, and you're not necessarily creating mismatches because there's an extra DB on the field. So for us to have both of us on the field at the same time, uh, that's how you create mismatches, and that's how teams have kind of dictated things to defenses. Um, when we have two tight ends on the field, we can dictate the tempo, the play. Um, you know, We have control, not the defense. Is it hard to block it out when you go to a place, obviously, you know this organization mm-hmm. well. This isn't really something you have to deal with before. Is it hard to block that out every day when you go to work? Not really. It's hard to say because we're so busy. You know, it's hard to be like, well, what do you mean you just block it out and go to work? Um, but it is. It's I'm at work and, and doing what I'm doing there, and then I go home, and uh, my kids certainly don't care what's being talked about or have any idea what's being talked about. Um, they just know Dad's home, and they want to play until it's time to go to bed, um, you know, I've stated it many a times, you know, my family, uh, myself, we want to be here and we're going to do everything we can to be here. Um, but that doesn't mean if, if the alternative happens and we do get traded, um, you know, change happens. You know, we've been so fortunate to be in one place for eight years that you you don't realize how many guys change teams on a yearly basis. Um, you know, obviously, that's not what we're hoping for. Um, we've been very fortunate to be in one place for going on nine years and this is home for us it's going to be home for us uh, and that's the way we want it to be there was the report on friday that contract negotiations had broken down do you know where things stand right now with all that i know my agent and rob are working extremely hard you know with rick you know we're in a tough situation as a team um you can't keep everybody you can't pay everybody so um you know those guys i know are working really hard to try to figure out something do you, have, do you imagine talks will reopen uh, at some point, or do you think it's just this is where things stand, take it or leave it? Uh, you know, I certainly hope so. You know, Like I said, this, this is where we want to be. Uh, this is where I want to finish my career. It's where I started my career. Um, and like I said, you know, I know Rick and Rob and my agent are working really hard to try to figure this out. So they still are working on mm-hmm. things. Do you have any sort of deadline or, or spot that you hope to have clarity and, and know exactly what's going to happen? Yeah, sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I don't want to be dealing with this uh, come OTAs, minicamp, training camp. Uh, so the sooner the better. And I think that's for both parties. I think the Vikings want clarity. I think we want clarity. Um, so yeah, sooner the better. Last week would have been great too. You know, it's, it's obviously it's a difficult situation. So there's a lot of complex things that go into it, and um, that takes time. You know, it's it's not an easy cut. You know, 
they like me, I like them, we want to stay here. It's just not the way it works. Now, do you think your, your goodwill and what you've done in this community, you know, helps you in a situation like this? Uh, you would like to think so, but, you know, it's a business. You know, business decisions have to be made. Um, I said the other night at the University of Minnesota Masonic Wine Fest that, um, just because we're not here, the Rudolph family is not here, and we're placed somewhere else, doesn't mean that our impact on this community would change. Um, you know, unfortunately, business decisions have to be made, and you know, there's a lot of good guys in this league. And unfortunately, being a good guy can't outweigh business decisions that have to be made. And I understand that. I, I, I would certainly hope they don't just keep me here because I'm a good guy and I do good things in the community. Um, I'd like to think they want to keep me because I'm a good football player. Um, but when you're a good football player and you're a good person, uh, I think that makes it that much harder to, and it makes them want to do something that much more. Uh, you said a couple, a couple weeks ago that uh, you didn't know if extension talks had kind of started. When did they start? Um, I mean, I think recently. Um, obviously, everyone knows our situation from a, a cash and a cap standpoint. And um, ideally, we'd like to get our draft picks signed. You know, I, I'm not going to get into the business. That's Rick's job. But... Uh, so, yeah, recently. Has the trade or release talk just baffled you? I mean, you talked about how the offense needs to be better. I mean, mm -hmm. In theory, if you're gone, how does that help the offense? That's You'd have to ask Kevin that question. You know, obviously, I think I make this offense better, and I want to be here. Um, but, you know, there, there's business decisions that have to be made um, that don't necessarily cross over with X's and O's. Hey. Yeah, Sid, what's up? <laughs> Last one Assuming Sid. you'll be here, is the offense a lot different? You know, I think we'll have a different element. We haven't played with two tight ends since I've been here. Um, I think you have to go back to even before I was here uh, and see what they were doing with Jim Kleinsaucer and Vasante Shanko playing together. Uh, so I do think that will add a different element to our offense. Um, like I mentioned before, I think it makes us a little more unpredictable. We can kind of dictate things that we want to do and things that we want to accomplish as an offense, whereas when you're in three wide with one tight end and then shotgun, uh, there's not a whole lot you can do. You become very predictable, and I think that's what got us in trouble last year. We got away from things we did in 2017 that made us really good. What do you think? Who Oh, I like him a lot. You know, I, I like, you know, you just sit there and, you know, Kevin introduced him and talked about how many Super Bowls he's been a part of. Um, you know, I was a fan of this game and a student of this game way before I was a player. And I watched what they did in Houston all those years. I saw the offense he had in Baltimore for a year and obviously over at Denver when they won the Super Bowl. So um, I'm excited to work with a guy like that that brings that much knowledge and that much experience to our offense. I think he's really going to help us out a lot. That was Vikings tie end Kyle Rudolph on Monday afternoon at Mike Zimmer's charity golf event at Bear Path in Eden Prairie. It was the next day Garrett Bradbury signed, Eric Kendricks restructured. So the Vikings have their draft class signed outside of the long snapper from Air Force, the 250th pick, one of the last picks of the draft. Their main guys are now signed, but the Vikings still need to create some cap space. They are barely under the cap. So there is still something that needs to be done. As I've said, I'm a broken record. Keep an eye still on Kyle Rudolph's situation. A couple of Kyle Rudolph's teammates had a chance to play Augusta National on Tuesday. The word is Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen were down in Georgia playing one of the nicest courses, maybe the most famous course 
in the U.S. Stefan Diggs, I've mentioned how for voluntary workouts, he was missing the first couple weeks. Well, with OTA starting next week, Diggs will be there. The word is Diggs may even be at TCO Performance Center right now. It was always just a footnote. I don't want to say non-story just when just about every other teammate was there, but it is emphasis on voluntary. He did not need to be there. And for any of us to worry about the shape that Diggs is in would be ridiculous. Stefan Diggs trains very, very hard with his own people. But anyway, just know that Stefan Diggs will be a TCO Performance Center for OTAs and may, in fact, be there right now. All right, let's continue the Vikings theme. But first, let me tell you about the sponsor of the Scoop podcast. It is North Memorial Health. They have over 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team. They are your health family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. Step up your health game. Find your health family at northmemorial.com family. All right, continuing the Vikings theme with my conversation with former Vikings starting offensive lineman Mike Harris. He is now an assistant coach at Hopkins High School. His professional career was cut short because of a brain injury. Mike was at the Mike Zimmer golf tournament on Monday. I caught up with Mike Harris, former Vikings starting guard. Mike, let's just start with your presence here. I mean, I assume when either Mike Zimmer's daughter or Mike himself or whomever reached out to you and said, hey, we'd love you here on on Monday, May 13th, they probably didn't have to twist your arm to be here. Oh, they definitely didn't. Um, Any event, any Vikings, you know, sponsored anything i'm there um, i'm also doing work with tracy and deb that work in the alumni on the legends so they, they have me out reading going to marathons and it's nice i get to wear my jersey again and while i'm here in minneapolis i'm always gonna represent the vikings because um, the organization did so well for me and um you know hopefully one day you know i'm coaching and pursuing you know my career after football i can um, do work for them because um, i love the organization whether it's front office um, scouting that would be awesome i just you know <laughs> when you say you know as long as you're here in minneapolis i mean is the idea to be here long term is this home base right now it is it is home base as you can see by the shirt i'm coaching offensive line up at hopkins um I really the community took me in and um, i really um, I really love mentoring those kids up there. Um, the coaching staff, they, they, they enjoy my presence. I, I, you know, I'm like, I was a game changer last year. We went from winning one game to winning five, and I, I can see our program continue to grow. And as I'm there and being you know, um, you know, just a, a mentor and just a, a role model for our players, it's, it's only going to get better. And as, you know, as I'm there, though, I hope one day, though, I can move up to the next level because uh, coaching, I see coaching, scouting as my, um, as my career path, um, even though my, my career ended. So thank you. So when you say up a level, I mean, whether it's coaching in college or maybe even scouting in, in the professional ranks? Oh, yeah, that, that's my dream to scout in the professional ranks. Um, my, my, my career was cut short by, by a brain injury. You know, you know, I was in my prime in my fifth year. Didn't didn't really have time to prepare for the career or for my transition after, but 
Uh, I never never um, lost my love for the game, and I hope one day I can be back in the NFL at a coaching level, being able to mentor, especially young players. I can, I can not only you know I can coach them, but I can really show them the way. Being you know at my young age, I can um, demonstrate you know proper technique, and whether it's O line, D line, it's just it's just what I love, and you know I'm really good at training it as well, the technique. Did you come to grips? I mean, have you come to grips with with the brain injury? I mean, it's one thing. I mean. You know, it's quantifiable, right? Like knee injury or shoulder injury. The brain is so complicated. Did it take a while to wrap your your arms around what was going on with you? It did. Um, you know, it all happened what back in 2016. Um, probably scariest, most depressing time of my life. But uh, I was in good hands um, with the training staff, Eric Sugarman. Um, they made sure to get me down to Mayo Clinic, and I got it all taken care of. Um, actually, had a procedure done that um, that cauterized the blood vessel that ruptured in my brain, so you know it won't it won't ever happen again. And I can you know I'm blessed to say I can walk on my two feet, um, you know cognitively nothing's you know impaired at all. And but um yeah I'll forever miss playing the game because I feel like I had a lot to give. But you know life goes on and that's just you know that's just how my cards you know were folded. And but you know I'm using this time to really just give back because there's there's a lot of kids that still look up to me. Even though I'm not out there on Sunday, people still recognize me. I know, you know, in the community I want to make an impact, whether it's in Minneapolis with the inner city kids or or whether it's with the Vikings hosting events with them or just doing guest appearances, public speaking. I'm, I'm just game for it. And you did try to make a comeback, though. Can you take us through that process? Yeah, I, I tried to make a comeback. I got good news back in December that my AVM, which I had, it's a blood vessel hemorrhage, had healed because it had been two years, but, you know, we, we saw it through an MRI, but it took an angiogram where they inject dye through a catheter um, that, that shows how the blood vessels are moving, but they, sh- as you can see in the image, though, it wasn't all the way healed, and that's what the doctors wanted. You know, for my safety, for my long-term longevity in life, it, w- it would have been too big of a risk to come back due to that. So, you know, and all this happened last week, so I'm, I'm finally coming to grips with it, uh, I have a lot of opportunities coming my way. I'm working, um, you know, not only camps here um, for the Vikings, but I have a lot of stuff coming up. Opportunities, whether it's in sports, uh, it's called. I work for a company called um, what's it called Sport, Total Sports Inter Enterprise, where we deal with memorabilia. Um, whatever it is, I'm gonna. It's gonna be sports involved, and you know, it's just my passion, man. I wake up every day. I even have dreams of still playing, but you know, I, I come to grips with it, and I'm happy though I can be here to support, you know, Coach Zimmer and you know, on this this great team because they've done so well for me, so much great things, and I'm just grateful that I can, you know, I'm even invited and, and can still show my say, show my face, and you know, all the coaches showing me love. It's great to, you know catch up with them some of my former teammates and you know while I'm here in Minneapolis I'm going to continue to just to just you know have my my face seen you able to show your face after the shot you hit over there <laughs> oh yeah I'm, I'm a bowler man I'm you know it's you know especially you know I never really got into golf and you know with my vision as well when I had my injury it kind of affected me you know my I had double vision for a while and you know, but uh, it's something I want to get better at. Just working on you know my hand-eye coordination, all that stuff kind of got altered through my injury. So I'm doing um, you know brain test, brain training. I go to this place called Learning RX where they're helping me with my reading and writing, my my memory, which were affected by my in, my injury. So there's just a lot. It's a long road. I still have to go, but um, I'm improving. And you know, coming to events like this have been just so helpful to me because I'm able to just to just be busy again and to you know to you know connect reconnect with guys i haven't seen in a while 
because for a while I was so isolated. Um, you know, I was really in a dark place with everything, but um, I'm seeing, I'm starting to see the light, man. There's opportunities, like I said, are coming my way. I'm just going to be open to them and just, you know, just have a smile on my face, man. There's, life is too short, too precious to, do, to be depressed all the time, and, and that's just what I have to do. It's a, it's a mindset, and I feel like if I do that, opportunities are going to come my way. I know they won't be, you know, football. You know, I won't be signing any big contracts anytime soon, but if I can make an impact with whether it's a child, an elderly person, a person of special needs, that, that's that's very rewarding. I'll leave you with this, and that's fantastic. I mean, is, and you said the news just came last week. I mean, is this officially it? I mean, can you put a bow on your football career, or will you get tested again maybe a year from now, next December, <laughs> and just to see where things are at? Well, well I can put a bow on it for now, but I will definitely continue getting tested. I'd say I'm pr- hoping and praying by next year, give it about a few more months, my AVM will be all cleared up. And if you know if there's an opportunity there, of course, I would love to get back on the field. But for the time being, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, of course, gonna stay in shape. But there's you know many opportunities that I can, I have to pursue. I can't sit around hoping and wishing. Um, I just got to keep moving, man. Life, like I said, life's too short. I can't just stay stagnant and isolated. I got to continue doing things that are going to, you know, help my family and, you know, bring in income and whether it's um, coaching, teaching, um, getting into business. Um, I'm still, like I said, I'm still recognizable here in Minneapolis. I can start doing public speaking, which would be awesome and get paid for it. Um, I just want to be open for it. You know, I want people to know that my cares are still here. I love this organization. It's so good for me. Um, it was an honor playing offensive line and blocking for Adrian Peterson, Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, alongside with, you know, Kyle Rudolph, those good players. Those are guys that I'm every Sunday going to be supporting. I'm going to be at U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm going to be wearing my jersey. I'm that purple and gold because, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Skull Viking for life. It was former Vikings offensive lineman Mike Harris. One note in Rob Babcock, former Timberwolves executive. Both his sons played high school basketball at Armstrong. One now works for the Atlanta Hawks. The other works for the Philadelphia 76ers. Rob relocated to the East Coast, but I know he kept in contact with Glenn Taylor, with others, he sadly passed away after a battle with pancreatic cancer. Rob Babcock, a really good man, a better husband, a better dad. Longtime NBA executive, used to be the general manager of the Toronto Raptors, but certainly spent a lot of time in the Wolves organization. It's a sad, sad day. Rob Babcock passes away. Briefly on the Twins, it doesn't sound like anything is really even close on Madison Bumgarner. The Twins have had a scout watch him pitch in recent weeks. But and certainly a name to keep an eye on maybe as we get closer to the July 31st deadline, but nothing is even remotely close. I know that Jim Bowden wrote a piece for The Athletic on Wednesday suggesting that the Twins are a team to watch on Bumgarner, and I think maybe eventually they are. I certainly, I've said this before, I'll say it again, I certainly foresee the Twins adding some pitching, maybe more so in the bullpen, but certainly the starting rotation could also use a boost. So I see the Twins adding as we get into the summer, but right now, Nothing is close on Bumgarner. Nothing close on Kimbrell, on Keuchel. Keuchel still wants all sorts of big-time money. And the closer we get to the draft, the Twins are not giving up a draft pick, a top 100 pick, to sign one of those guys with the draft starting June 3rd. You could just wait until after the draft. You could sign one of those guys on June 5th, June 6th, and not have to give up a draft pick. So why would you sign a guy right now? So it doesn't make sense. So nothing going on in the Twins with those guys. The Twins were in on, back in November, Anthony Bemboom, 29 years old, former star at Sauk Rapids Rice High School. He then went on 
to have a collegiate career at Creighton. He was a 22nd round pick in 2012, so he was in many ways the longest of long shots to ever make his Major League debut. He was in three different organizations. Heck, last year with the Rockies at AAA in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Rockies somehow never had an injury to either of their Major League catchers. That is hard to believe, but the Rockies had both their catchers stay healthy throughout last year, so he was toiling in the minors. He wasn't quite sure what would happen. He was a minor league free agent in November. He nearly gave up his major league dream. He started driving an Uber. He was offered a pharmaceutical sales job, so he thought about taking that, giving up on baseball. But right after free agency started, the Tampa Bay Rays called, offering him a minor league contract with an invite to spring training. Then other teams hopped in. The Twins were in on Ben Boom. The Brewers, the Tigers, some other teams, the Cardinals. But because the Rays called a minute after free agency started and extended him the offer, he felt like, hey, maybe I still have something left. All these teams believe in me, in particular the Rays, since they called me a minute after free agency started, I will go give this one more go at it. And the Rays had a couple injuries to their major league catchers. Ben Boom finally got called up. He is the oldest position player to make his major league debut in four years. It's pretty hard. Once you hit your late 20s, in Ben Boom's case, 29 years old, the dream is often dead. But he finally made it to the majors. He is currently on the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, who knows? In a couple weeks, he may have to go back to the minors when their catchers get healthy. But Anthony Ben Boom is now catching for the Tampa Bay Rays. In fact, on Sunday, he caught Blake Snell, reigning Cy Young Award winner. He is really good defensively. Yeah, the bat has a ways to go, but he has defensive skills that can help a major league team anyway. His dad, Greg, his mom, Debbie, made it to St. Petersburg over the weekend to watch Anthony's major league debut on Sunday. The Rays unfortunately lost to the Yankees. Ben Boom in a couple plate appearances was 0 for 2 struck out. Hey, tough opening game when you have to face Masahiro Tanaka. So he struck out, then hit a fly ball to left field that was just a little bit more carry. Would have been a home run, but it was caught. It was an out. But anyway, I caught up at the airport with Greg and Debbie Bemboom upon their arrival back in the Twin Cities from St. Petersburg. And even a day later, and after a bunch of delays with their flight from St. Petersburg, or I guess the Tampa airport to Chicago, then Chicago to Minneapolis, they were still all smiles. It was a long travel day on Monday, but they were still all smiles. They were beaming, talking about their son, Anthony, making his Major League debut. Here is Greg and Debbie Bemboom. Last Thursday, your phone rings, or maybe it was Debbie's phone who rang. How did you find out Anthony was getting the call finally after all these years getting the call to the big leagues? Yeah, it was Thursday night. He called me after their uh, game in Durham. He, he didn't play that night, so we kind of figured something was up just because he probably would have been catching. And uh, so he called us after the game and said, yep, yeah, he said I got the call. And... Uh, so we, I put it on speaker, and we both heard it, and uh, and uh, I said, well, okay, what does that mean for us? What do we got to do here? And he goes, well, you better get a flight to Tampa quick. And I'm like, all right. So that's when the process started. So, oh, yeah, we were, we were uh, I guess, not maybe really shocked, but we were overly happy at that point. So Just a collaboration of so many years of this coming, and I just know he's just so deserving and he's worked his way, and it's just unbelievably. All the emotions came out, and yeah, it was fantastic. Greg, was there ever any doubt along the way? I mean, after all these years, I mean, did you ever think from your standpoint, from a dad's standpoint, that maybe it's just it's not going to happen? Well, I, you know, I always knew he was good enough. I always knew, uh, you know, he always kind of started at the bottom. Every organization or every level he was at, 
he'd kind of start at the bottom and he'd always work his way up, always work his way to the top. And I mean, yeah, there was always a little doubt as is anybody going to give him the opportunity. And um, you know, it finally um, finally came to that and got his opportunity. And we're hoping he's going to stick for a while. Debbie, I mean, are you a believer in fate that? Okay, I mean, he could have gone somewhere else, but he signs with Tampa back in November, and just, you know, a lot of things had to happen to get to the point of yesterday, but everything came together. Completely. I mean, he played his first MLB game on Mother's Day. (laughs) I mean, it was just, I could barely keep it together, and completely. I know when he was getting offers in the free agency, and he called and talked to me some, because you were in Florida, but, and and he's like, you know, I'm just going to go with my gut. You know, I just have a good feeling, and, and I mean, he knows, he's been around, he knows what he's looking for, and, and I said, go for it, you know, and we were just, you know, hopeful and afraid that this would be the right decision, and he would get his opportunity. Yeah. Maybe you say it was on Mother's Day, but I also saw the note that you're a breast cancer survivor. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a movie script, right, <laughs> that Mother's Day and everything Major League Baseball does to bring awareness to breast cancer, and then your son, after all these years, makes his Major League debut on that day i mean seriously it's like a movie (laughs) it is because i mean seven years ago the day he was drafted was also the day i was diagnosed so it was it's i don't know (laughs) you can't write you you know write this any any crazier but yeah and and i mean it was it was a highest high and the lowest low all at the same time but it helped us through the, the toughest time, too, to have such positive and, and having him far away was difficult. But also he was he was the shining light that got us through a tough time, too. Greg, how about the game? He makes his debut and he's catching the reigning Cy Young Award winner. He's facing one of the great pitchers in Tanaka. I mean, just unreal. Yeah. No, he. Um, well, one thing about Anthony, he's just uh, he's very confident in his ability, which he should be because he's, he's always been a great defensive catcher, and um, I think they had a lot of, of faith in him. And actually, you know, I, I think uh, him and Snow worked very good together. You know, I, I don't know how, I can't remember how much they cut, that they, uh, they worked together in spring training because he did hurt his thumb, you know, fairly early. Um, but I think uh, just being around Blake Snow in spring training, Really, uh, you know, they kind of get to know each other and get to know, uh, you know, how each other works. So, I think uh, I think that was a big thing going into that game, and obviously they talked before the game. Um, so I thought they worked really well together. And as far as facing Tanaka, it's like, you know, he's just one of those guys who's a uh, he's not an overpowering pitcher. He's a spot pitcher, you know, in and out, up and down, changing speeds. And uh, as you saw, I don't think we had more than two hits till about the seventh inning. So. Um, you know, he. Uh, I think he was just happy to be there. I don't care. I don't think he cared who he faced. You know, so. Debbie, what was it like post game? So the game ends, and did you guys go down to the tunnel, or whenever you saw him, yep. what was that embrace like? Oh my gosh! You know, we go running up and give him a big hug, and and Anthony's very even kill. You, you guys will learn that about him. And we're like, how'd it go? He's like, well, you know, we lost. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you played your first major league, you know, game, and he's like, yeah, it was, it was cool. But he's more worried about the team, and, and he, you know he's he's gonna work his butt off to to keep doing what he's doing. And but he's he's not a selfish player. He's all about the team, you know. So yeah, oh, wonderful. 
<laughs> Greg, were there any flashbacks as you were sitting there yesterday or over the weekend? I mean, just thinking back all the years. I mean, did I see the note that you guys even were teammates on a town ball team? And just think about growing up and, you know, playing catch in the front yard or backyard and all the pitches you've thrown him and just to get yeah. to that point of yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, man, I think I was pitching overhand to him when he was three years old already. And he was uh, he was in the dugout by three years old. And and yeah, we did a lot of throwing, pitching, catching in the backyard. And uh, yeah, we were uh, his junior and senior year in high school. We were teammates. Um, he played a couple years on our amateur team before he went to college. And so that was that was pretty special. That was pretty neat. I don't think a lot of dads can say that. So that's that's pretty neat. Debbie, when did you realize that your son had a chance? I mean, was it junior or senior year in high school? Was it after he got drafted? Was it when he was playing in college where you thought, you know what, maybe there's a chance one day he will make his Major League debut? Well, you know, gosh, every, you know, you get to, to high school and there's that next stepping stone. And it's like, well, okay, well, good to college. And at every point in his career, we thought, oh, this might be it, you know, because there's lows. And, and he'd always battle through something would always happen and I think it was when he got to triple a I think it was when he when Colorado picked him up and we saw him play in the big league um spring training game and I'm like he fits right in he he looks like he's just as good as everybody else he's so natural I'm like I think he's really gonna make it so that's when I'm like oh wow this is he's gonna do it did I see the note that, that was he an Uber driver for a stretch in the winter, that he almost took a, a medical sales job? I mean, it was close to going the other way, was it not? Yeah, for sure. He, um, you know, going into free agency, he had no ideas. We had no ideas what kind of offers he would get, you know, and he, he kind of had a bar set for himself, and he said, you know, if I can get this much, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep going, you know, and um, so, yeah, he did a lot of odd jobs you know in the off seasons ever since he was an a-ball you know he's had a ton of different stuff just to to make it through the you know the off season um but yeah he kind of set that bar and, and um you know they met it so yeah it's uh worked out so far Debbie, I imagine when you guys get back to, do you still live in Sauk Rapids or right in that area? I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a whirlwind, right? I mean, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of people that want to talk to you. Yes, I know. I think so. I mean, we left the house in the shambles. We, we, I mean, have no groceries. We're getting home a day later than we thought, but 100% worth it. I mean, these this weekend tops any weekend ever, and it's it's. I look forward to everybody giving me hugs. And this has been a long time coming for the the whole town there's so many people that have been following him and wishing him well and us and so it's it's gonna be really fun that was really really fun maybe the best part of this job is to see joy the joy whether it's on an athlete's face like being at frank ragnow's draft party a year ago or in this case the parents of anthony bemboom greg and deb bemboom anthony bemboom of sock rapids rice high school then Creighton University, after a long, long time at 29 years old, finally makes his Major League debut. He started on Sunday for the Tampa Bay Rays at catcher. He is still with the Rays today. But Greg and Deb had to get back to their jobs. They have a normal life, a regular life there in Sauk Rapids, so they had to fly back. Couldn't watch their son in person in Miami. That's where the Rays are right now. Then the Rays actually had to Yankee Stadium. I mean, you talk about a welcome to the majors moment for Anthony Bemboom. It'll probably come this weekend when he looks around Yankee Stadium. Anthony Bemboom of Sauk Rapids Rice High School 
making his major league debut. Thank you to Greg and Debbie for chatting with me. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 229. Always appreciate you listening. Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if the CEO can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.